Welcome to Present Truth Broadcast with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga, brought to you by Present Truth Ministry, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.pastormax.ng. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I thank you because I'm anointed to teach and thank you, Father God, because your people are anointed to receive and together our faith is built up in the knowledge of the person of Jesus. I pray that the opening of the scriptures will grant us light and understanding and insight in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. We have been teaching on the prayer life of Jesus. Uh, I want to put a pause on that because I sense that the Lord will have me go on a very short but different direction today on something that uh, stirred up in my heart. So I'm going to teach and see how the Lord leads us. I want to talk to you on stir it up. Stir it up. Stir it up. And I'm going to just read about two passages of Scripture and begin to build from there. First of all, let's go to First, okay, the main verse would be 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 6, and then we'll come back to 1 Timothy 1, 14. So, let's get to 2 Timothy chapter 1, and let us look at verse 6. 2 Timothy chapter 1, and verse 6. 2 Timothy 1, 6. Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. Timothy was, uh, was, was born of a, of a Greek father and a Jewish mother. And you find out in scriptures that... Uh, the, the mention of his father was a bit silent. You can find that in the book of Acts. But in, in, in the book of Timothy, Paul referenced the faith that was in his grandmother, you know, that came on to his mother and was passed on to him. So we find out that Timothy was uh, really raised, you know, spiritually to be, his mo- uh, to, to be uh, a, a, a Christian, as it were, by his mother. And you also find out that when Paul planted the church in Ephesus, for instance, he sent Timothy to pastor the church. Now, Timothy was not a very old man. You know, sometimes we misunderstand uh, the pastoral ministry. Uh, most times we, we also feel, I've, I've heard, you know, cases where people, um, I've gone to places where people introduced me as the pastor, and uh, maybe in an older setting, and you find a look on the, on the people's face, uh, the look, although they are not saying anything, but the look just says, you sit under this boy, you know, that kind of look. And so Paul had to, to charge Timothy that you, you must not let anyone despise their youth. Uh, it is easy to despise a minister of the gospel because he's not old. It's, it's very easy. Because our world always works by what we see, what we touch. So it's easy to get... Uh, uh, I mean, to get familiar is different from, from getting to despise, but it starts from that. But 
you can despise a, a minister of the gospel, especially if he's young. But the Lord uh, has always walked in history through young people. Um, Jesus Christ, who is our Savior and our Lord, did not die for the world at the age of 45. Salvation was sent to us by Jesus, and he died at the age of 33 and a half years, thereabouts. So if God could trust the salvation of the whole world to a 33-year-old young man, he can trust a few hundreds of people to them, his local church. Paul had to be strong. And to every young person who listens to me and who sends the call to ministry, what I tell them is that even if people despise your calling, you must not despise it. You mustn't. You mustn't. You mustn't subject the calling of God on your life because of your biological age and appear apologetic. And the reason sometimes is because when you're young, uh, you might not have access to, to funds, as it were, you know, for the work that the Lord has called you to do. But if the Lord has called you, he knows how to make a way. So Paul had to speak to Timothy about that. By not letting people despise uh, him. But he says, be thou an example. And he says, ordain elders, exhort, teach, and give in them instruction. But there's a very important instruction that Paul passes out to Timothy that I want us to examine today. It says, therefore I remind you. Now if you go up to verse um, 5, is what I was talking about. When I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, <clears throat> excuse me, which dwelt first in your grandmother, Lois, and your mother, Eunice, and I'm persuaded is also in you. Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of hands. Stir up the gift of God. Most of us, because of the world that we live in, we are very trained in our mind. We are big on reading books. We are big on traveling. We're big on exposure. We're big on our mental development. But Paul had to remind Timothy about the gift of God that was on his inside. And, and and in this service, that's what I just want to do, to remind you of the gifts of God that is on your inside. There are many of us seated here this, this morning, listening to this message. If we would look back at our lives, we would realize that there are spiritual gifts that God is put inside of us. That are lying dormant. They're not used. If I ask some of us, when last did you use a spiritual gift that was on your inside? You realize that the tendency is to build on our natural gifts. And that gift is dormant. Paul had to remind Timothy. He says, I want you to stay it up. Now, we're going, to, we're, going to come, we're going to come back here, but let's go to um, 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 14, and see, see where 
Paul picks this up from 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 14. No, 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 14. Let's read from verse 11. Are you there? If you are there, say amen, church. Say amen. amen. Thank you. These things command and teach. That's 1 Timothy 4. We're reading from verse 11 now. These things command and teach. Verse 12. Let no one despise. The, the Greek word there is uh, let no one look down on your youthfulness. That's, that's actually the word there. Let no one look down on your youthfulness. Let no one despise their youth. You mustn't allow anyone to despise your youth. And, and it's very important. It's very important, especially if you're called into the ministry at a very young age. This is one of the things you will suffer. People will despise you. But you have an instruction by the Spirit that you mustn't allow people to do that. It says, but be an example. So, the way you don't... Now, this is very important because you can get into pride now and any little thing you react and say, you not despise my youth, you might have an attitude problem. He shows us how not to do it. Right? <clears throat> Come on. Are we together? How, how will I make sure people do not despise my youth? It's here. Be an example. It's not by telling people, don't despise me. Right? Come on now, church. Are we together? All right. Oh, you're just... The beauty is too much. Maybe we should go. Okay. So it tells us how to do it, right? Because when the Bible gives an instruction, it tells you how to do it. So it's not by going about and saying, I will not allow any man to despise me. Then you get into pride. Because you will not now be able to even receive correction. Because the truth of the matter is, with youthfulness, there are going to come some excesses that over time maturity, natural maturity will bring. Now, he tells us how to do that. The way not to let a man despise your youth is to be an example to the believers in word, in conduct, right? In love, in spirit, in faith, and in purity. So if a, if a young man will be an example in word, if he will be an example in conduct, if he will be an example in love, it will be an example in spirit. If it will be an example in faith, if it will be an example in purity, then there will be no room for people to do what? To despise his youth. So you don't go about saying, don't, don't despise. Thou shall not despise. That, no, you be an example and God will handle the rest. Then he goes on to say, till I come, give attention. Right? Praise God. This is good for a pastor's seminar. Maybe the Lord wants to call all of you. Okay, till I come, give attention. So it tells you what to give attention to. You are not giving attention to whether people are despising you or not. Because sometimes we can focus on that and it takes our eyes off what we should do. So he gives him what to do. What did he tell him to do? <clears throat> till I come, give attention to what? To reading. To what? To exhortation. And to what? To doctrine. Every minister of the gospel must pay attention to these three things. To reading. You must, you must be a pastor who reads. You must be a reader. You cannot say, I don't like books. No. It, it, it's not consistent. Are you following what I'm saying? You cannot have a minister who doesn't like reading. 
It's not consistent. <clears throat> then you must give um, attention to exhortation. What is exhortation? This is like um, sorry, exhortation and messages, messages of encouragement. Then the last thing, you must give attention to doctrine. So a minister must be able to exhort people, all right, and then also establish them in doctrine. So a minister cannot just exhort. It's not every time you come to church, you're going to hear, you will make it. You will make it. You are overcoming. You are riding over. It is well with you. It's going to be well with you. It has welled with you. It's not every time you do that. Sometimes you tell people it's well with them. Sometimes you tell them, sit down, learn what the feast of Passover means in scripture. That's doctrine. Establish them in doctrine. Then he goes on to say, do not neglect the gift that is in you. This was the same gift I was talking about. The gift which is in you, which was given to you by prophecy. Now, this is where I want to start building. Which was given to you by prophecy, right? With the laying on of, of, on, laying on of the hands of the eldership. Now, the Bible says that there was a gift that came upon Timothy. And how did this gift come? By prophecy. By prophecy. <clears throat> so, when a prophetic word was spoken over Timothy, there was a spiritual deposit. Now, <clears throat> the, the thing is, with this spiritual deposit and the laying on of hands, a gift was activated in the life of Timothy. Now, Paul tells Timothy that gift must not be neglected. What, what does the word neglect connote? The word neglect is, is to, to in, in the Greek, it means to be careless of something. <clears throat> to be careless. To be careless of it. It means you're not paying attention to it. I'll give you an example. There might be some of you, whilst you were in school, whilst you were in campus, you went for a meeting, Hands were laid on you. You began to speak in tongues. Maybe you began to even walk in the word of knowledge. But when you look at your life today, it's almost like that gift is not functional. Why? Because you neglected it. There's some of you who, by the grace of God, you are powerful soul winners. You could get people into the house of God. But if you look back at your life in the last Three years, you've not even gotten a soul. What happened? You neglected the gift of God in you. Now, neglecting the gift of God in you doesn't mean that... It, what it just means is that you're paying attention to something else, right? So, so we've got two stage monitors here. If I'm paying attention to this, what's happening? I'm neglecting this, right? If I'm paying attention to this, what's happening? I'm neglecting this. Now... It doesn't mean that this stage monitor is not here. It's still here, but I'm not paying attention to it. When the spiritual gifts of God come on your inside, they are still there. Forever. If they are not functioning in your life right now, it's because you are not paying attention to it. There are some of you who are gifted in dreams, just the gift of God on your inside. But you don't pay attention to it. There's some of you hearing me right now. You've seen sick people healed in your life. You've laid hands on the sick people and you see them recover. But you are not paying attention to that healing gift. You're neglecting it. 
Because sometimes our mind can be so developed. We can be so focused on developing our mind. We can be, be, be so focused on taking care of our body that we neglect the spiritual gifts of God that is on our inside. We can be so focused on all that and neglect the gift of God that is on our inside. There are many gifts of the Spirit. Maybe you were in a meeting and, and prophetic words were spoken over you. And in the heat of that moment, you rejoiced in it. You were like, wow. And what happened? You didn't pay attention to it. You neglected it. Yet even some of you who run away from the spiritual gift that God has put inside of you because you are afraid to become a pastor, I don't know what is wrong with it. You just feel, I, I mean, I've met people like that. I, I don't like to get close to pastors because I don't want to become a pastor. As if it's, uh, as if it's uh, I don't know. You're just afraid of God. Because you're not paying attention to the spiritual gift that is on the inside of you. When hands are laid on you, there is a transmission of gifts. Now listen carefully. That's why it's very important that not everybody should lay hands on you. You know, some of you just go and put your head everywhere. I don't know what you're looking for. And if, 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 I, if I pray, I mean, I pray for people quite a lot. I hardly put my hands on the head of people. Most of the times I hold their hands. A, 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 a minister of the gospel who understands the implication of laying on of hands will not quickly be stretching his hands everywhere. Some of you, the hands that have laid, they are laid on you, you can't even count. Because anywhere you go, even when the person doesn't want to pray for you, you are still bringing your head. Just touch my head. Just touch my head. What do you want? The Bible says, and Joshua was full of the spirit of wisdom because Moses laid hands on him. The laying on of hands, I'm going to spend time to teach that, maybe upper Sunday or something. The laying on of hands is for the transmission of spiritual virtues. So Paul warned Timothy, he says, lay hands on no man hastily. Don't be in a hurry to lay hands. Some of you were in meetings where hands were laid on you and a spiritual gift came up upon you. Now, my, my, my late mentor, Reverend Tony Ate, he, he, he's got this very strong grace working with young people before he passed on in 2014. He was my mentor for 14 years. I remember when I was coming to the island, he, I, I went to meet him. I want to make the transition from Wari then to come plan the church. He said I should kneel then. He prayed on me and laid hands on me and said these very words. He says, God is going to put a grace upon you. You're going to become a rallying point for young people. And that is a spiritual deposit that I must pay attention to. And that's one of the reasons you find a lot of young people around me, young ministers. I have quite a lot of, number of young ministers who look up to me for direction, for counsel, and for mentorship. That's a spiritual gift that I must pay attention to. I can allow that gift to, I can neglect that gift, and I don't see it functioning in my life. When prophetic words are spoken over you, it's a transmission of a gift that you must not neglect. Maybe you've been in meetings and prophetic words were released. 
You can take a hold of those words and stir them up. I don't receive prophecies from just anybody. I have specific prophecies that have been spoken over my life by a couple of people. Right? I remember the last time Reverend Tooks was here, some of you that were in service, he spoke to us about uh, starting to walk in the supernatural, that the more we do supernatural meetings, the more we're going to see the healing anointing. Right? How many of you remember that meeting? Okay. Now, I took a hold of that, and we started our monthly healing meetings. What am I doing? I'm stirring up the gifts. I can take a hold of that prophecy. I never do anything with it. For some of us, we don't need more prophecies. What we need is to stir up what is on our inside already. And here, I'm not talking about your strengths and abilities. I'm talking about what? The gift of God that's on your inside. Some of you, God has graced you with the grace of giving. It's a gift. Stir it up. Start exercising it. I just want this morning to stir your heart to the spiritual deposit that are on your inside. Some of you have just got the gift of intercession. You can pray for people. You used to do it. But you don't do it anymore. You're not paying attention to it anymore. You've neglected it. Paul had to tell Timothy, don't neglect that gift. Don't neglect it. Don't neglect it. Don't neglect it. When, 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 when I got called into ministry and, and full-time ministry, uh, I was in a church where my, my dad was pastoring, and uh, I was serving him. And, but I realized that I was called. So, I mean, of course, I, I couldn't tell my dad, now I'm called, let's be sharing the Sundays. You preach one Sunday, I preach the other Sunday. You know, you can't do that. So I, I gathered a few young people in church, and I asked my dad for permission, can I start a youth fellowship? And he said, oh, well, you can go ahead and start a youth fellowship. So I started a youth fellowship uh, with Pastor Knowles and a couple of them. Pastor Knowles then was maybe in GS2 or GS3. And, uh, and we started the youth meeting. And one day I told myself, well, we can do camp meeting. Now, because it wasn't my dad that said start it. I mean, that's how my dad is. My dad is not going to now say, oh, this is the money, go do camp meeting. So I... Uh, Mike then, I think Mike was FECA president there, and I told him, hey, let's plan a camp meeting together. So we planned the camp meeting. We took like 40 youths, went to a secondary school. I've told you the story before, how somebody gave us rice on a Christmas Day bag of rice, and I kept the bag of rice till Easter. Uh, it was like a rice sacrifice to the gods that must not be touched. And then we had our first camp meeting. And then my dad was a guest speaker. I invited him for the camp meeting. And I, mean, I, remember, I remember we were so rich in that camp meeting, the honorarium I gave to my dad after preaching was a 200 naira recharge card. And then my mentor, my late mentor, uh, Pastor Tony Ati, was in the camp meeting. And uh, I gave him 500 naira recharge card. And one of that guy that came, 100 naira recharge card in that fantastic order. And we started the camp meeting. Next, last this year, made it nine years of camp meeting. Next year is going to be the 10 years of camp meeting. Last year... In fact, the year, before, uh, this, the, the year before this year, which is last year, we had uh, 400 people in camp. From 40, 400 people in camp. We had to split the camp into two. So we had the adult camp and then the teenage camp. The, the, the last camp, we had 250 people. How did we get to that point? Because I did not neglect a gift that's on my inside. Are you following what I'm saying? 
Now, God has given me the grace to plant churches. The anointing to plant churches is on, is on me. I can just settle and say, wow, this is a fantastic place. This is a good place. We're having fun. Everything is good. There's lights. I mean, it's just nice. And I can neglect that gift. The Lord will not give you a gift and push you to use it. You have to pay attention to that gift. And like I said, I'm talking about spiritual gifts. So, let me say, what is my gift? Ah, my gift is comedy. That's not what I'm telling you now. I'm talking about what? Spiritual gifts. Because it is easy to pay attention to those natural gifts. It's easy to pay attention to those natural things because everything around us pushes us to pay attention to those natural things. That's what your friends talk about. That's what, you know, that's what everybody wants. The books you read is talking about paying attention to those gifts. So that's not what I'm talking about. The spiritual gift. Is there peradventure that there's a spiritual gift on your inside that you're not paying attention to? Prophecy, word of knowledge, word of wisdom, the power gift, the gift of faith, healing, miracles. Some of you are even called to become Stores, you're not paying attention to it because you're too occupied with other things and somehow deep inside of you you know that you should come up higher but you're not willing to say listen this is what I should do with, with my life or this is part of what God wants me to do and we are not paying attention to those gifts some of you have an anointing from God to just cancel people by the spirit now I'm not talking about from experience, by the Spirit. You're not paying attention to it. You know, the world will never make us, listen carefully to this, everyone listen carefully to this. The world was never designed for us to pay attention to spiritual things. The world, if I tell you, see how it is a struggle to invite people to church. See the struggle if you want to invite people to church. And invite them for a funeral. And see how easy it is. Invite them for a birthday party. You see how easy it is. Now I'm telling you, try it out. Tell someone, let's go for a seminar. What kind of seminar? Prayer said, ah, ah, I just lost my, my dad. Ah, ah, where? In a we say village. Ah, we are going. Oh, we are going. We have to be with you this time. We can't leave you. We have to be with you. And you see people take leave, take everything. And you have a spiritual meeting and you say, take leave to be in that meeting. Ah, my boss will not agree. But when it's to bury the dead, you know how to talk to your body. The world was never designed for you to serve God. You must understand that. You see, you must understand that the excuses you're giving not to serve God is satanic. To draw you away from the things of the Spirit. Oh, hey pastor, I'm very busy. Yes. It was designed that way. It was designed that way. Uh, you know, Pastor, I just like doing live streaming. You think God was not wise enough that we're going to get into live streaming and he didn't put it there? Let there be the gathering of believers by live streaming? If everybody was doing live streaming, who will dedicate your baby? Who will preach over your father when he dies? Who will come and cancel you? Who will pray for you? Praise God. I remember, brother. Well, 
God forgive me if I didn't do, do right, but it's fine. <laughs> I remember a brother met me one time. I've tried to encourage him to be part of a local church. And he says, no, I know, I just, in the morning I just log on, just hear the word, I worship with them. So one day he, he logged on, he was worshiping, so he's, he told his wife to send me the picture of him worshiping, you know, with the brethren over the laptop. So something happened, he's got, something happened. So he says, Pastor, I want you to, to come, you know, just pray with us. I said, which pastor? He said, you. I'm not your pastor. He said, eh, boy, no, but you are a pastor. I said, go on online. Check that live streaming. You'll find an email address and a number. Call them to come attend to you. Because you're not, you're not more wiser or more richer than the people who sit and listen to me every Sunday. If these people were not sitting and listening to me every Sunday, I will not be a pastor. I'm a pastor because of people. You understand that? You know, there are portfolio pastors. You know, I'm not a portfolio pastor. You know, there are pastors whose ministry is in the briefcase. So they just open it and say, you know, I'm a man of God. They now bring signs. Cross, oil, salt, coconuts, you know, mobile working tools, which are not, you know. But you, you are a shepherd over a sheep. If there is no sheep, there is no shepherd. The local congregation is God's eternal plan. No generation would outgrow it. How did we get here? Neglecting the gift. There are some of you with gifts to even serve the local church. You've neglected it. So when we talk about the ministry of helps, you're nowhere to be found. Why? You are busy. Of course. Of course. If you were the devil, would you not make you busy? You would. Yes, if you were, you would be busy. What sacrifices have you made for the kingdom? You can make sacrifices for your friends. You can make sacrifices for your family. You can make sacrifices for your company. You can make sacrifices for your government. Right? Election period is coming. Some of you have taken leave to hit your hometown. APC must never return. I'm on a personal mission to ensure they never... You are prepared. You have preached to people. Evangelize them to your party. Mobilized. Radicalized. You have even saved money for those who say, ah, I don't have transport. Say, don't worry, we have bus. You are ready. And yet, come to church. Ah, there's no transport. Will there be food after church? Will they pay my house rent? And that's how the world was designed. The world was designed so that your energy will be spent and you would have none left for God. You know something about, about Moses when the children of Israel were living, were living in Egypt? You know, Pharaoh told him, he says, you go and worship. He says, leave your cattles. He says, just take your cattles, leave your children. You know, if you watch that, there was negotiation. You can go, but don't go with this. You know what Moses says? We are going, our children are going, our cattles are going, everything, we need, we need everything to worship God. You even need physical energy to worship God. You can't walk yourself out and come and sleep in church. 
Say, ah, you know that pastor is funny. You will not sleep. And then at the end of the service, what did pastor say? Say, ah, I was going in between sleep. You are seeing it. And your wife is encouraging you. Don't worry, my dear. Don't be sitting close to the AC. You know, move to the back. You are a matured man. They are, they are advising you how not to sleep in church. And you are taking it. I mean, look at the advice they are giving you. Where to sit so you will not sleep. And you, you, you are engaging it as if it is normal. Okay, I, 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 I now understand the church. Where I will sit down. And you are happy. When your mate are advancing the kingdom of God forcefully, they are encouraging you not to sleep. Not that you should write to... No, no, no. That you should just be present and not be found sleeping. The first. That's the, that's the work we've been doing on you for the past one year. No, they, we are not even talking of you read Bible. Just don't sleep. So that at least you can hear something. So I just like that man's preaching. I, I, what did he preach about? The thing just, he has a way of entering my soul. So please, please, let it not just be entering your soul. Write down, open your book, read the Bible. That's why believers are confused. Because we're not diligent enough to learn the scriptures. Uh, the average human listening span is 45 minutes. After that, they lose concentration. But you can watch a match, a football match for 90 minutes. You can watch Telemundo for two hours. You don't lose concentration. Don't you think it's the devil suggesting these things? And you know, the word of God is not easy to understand. After like 40 minutes, I begin to get tired. I will not even be understanding the things they have taught before. I will not even begin to confuse. So I just listen 30 minutes and I just shut down so that we think about it. You think it's the enemy speaking through you? You can sit in a psychology lecture for one hour. You can sit in an engineering lecture for one hour. You can do everything else. But when it's church, it's 45 minutes. After 30 minutes, before we know, we'll just come to church. I just say, praise the Lord. Say, let's go. My listening span is full. I'm telling you, let's keep going. We are going. We are following. We are following. At a point, we'll just come to church. Just say, everybody, who is present today? Say, me. Okay, let's close. Our listening span, we're tired. Anything that makes you to withdraw, instead of growing the things of God, you are reducing, is after your destiny. Anything. I can't tell you, friends, I have lost for this same reason. You are a minister of the gospel. 55% of your discussion is politics. We cannot be friends. We cannot. It will not happen. I can do 10% other things, 90% gospel and ministry. If it is not like that, forget it. Because you know what? From 55%, we'll do 60. From 60, we'll do 65. We, you see, you grow in wickedness as you grow in righteousness. You know, we might not call it wickedness. Let's just call it other things. You grow in other things as you do what? As you grow what? In righteousness. Have you seen where people are talking about football? They will describe and describe and describe and push it. Say, what are you telling me? When they did that transfer, one hour. And then when it's on the school class, let's review. What did you get from the book? 
It was a blessing. Just, let's just leave it like that. The book was it's just, ah. There's nothing to say. It's just a blessing. Just put it, it is well. You know, believers, when they want to deceive each other, they just, it is well. Just leave the book. It is well. What just means is they didn't read. They didn't think about it. If the book is a blessing, how is it a blessing? Say, Pastor, just leave that thing. It, uh, you will see it in the next 10 years. I don't want to see it. I want you to say it. Anything that reduces your commitment, your passion for the things of God. Your passion for missions. Your passion for the spread of the gospel. Don't be among the people who say, oh, there are too many churches. Ah, all these many churches. What are we even doing? <laughs> you saw the way Naira bet. And those things spread there. Eh? I know some of you will not want to see because you play it. Listen, thank God we're on television. I'll say this. I have prayed that no believer who is a child of God who plays that in wins. Angel will ensure that you do not win. Everybody say a loud amen. amen. Okay. If you, if, you, if you come here and you play it, forever you won't win. It doesn't matter. Angels will encourage your failure on that thing. There's nothing you can say about that. Let's move on. You understand? <laughs> I know some of you wish, ah, and something was telling me not to be in church today. That is the <laughs> You see how that thing is spreading. And it's just someone, I, mean, I don't want to go into the history of it, but you know, the guy was in the UK and saw this thing. I'm like, wow, this thing will be good for, for, for Nigeria. I mean, right? And then the, the main guy, I don't want to mention his name, you know, the main guy who started it. And then imported the thing, and for him, it is business. And look at the spread. Let's even just look at the island. Every shop is taken over by it. And we are watching a whole young generation. Unfortunately, the older ones have joined. We are watching a whole generation get addicted to, to gambling. That is not our problem. It is the churches that are too much. The gambling pools are not too much. It's churches. Are you following what I'm saying? It tells us that there is work to be done. There is work to be done. And because of this, you see family, men who can take care of their, of their, of their homes. Listen to me. Every addiction that is not spiritual and that doesn't help yourself will destroy you. Nothing leaves you the same. And someone says, oh, no, I just do it for fun. It's a lie. Try to stop. That's when you know that they, they have held you. I, you understand that? You know, most people don't know they're addicted to stuff. It is when they want to stop, they know the level of addiction. What are you looking for? Quick money which is very contrary to the patience that the Christian faith teaches us, to contentment that the Christian faith teaches us, to righteous labor that the Christian faith teaches us. Praise the name of the Lord. <laughs> Don't worry. Don't neglect the gift that's in you. Who are you spiritually? What gifts have you neglected? What gifts have you neglected? 
What deposits has come upon you? Which hands have been laid upon you and gifts were imparted upon you and you neglected them? One day, there's a top minister in this country. Uh, I wanted to see him. So he gave me an appointment in Lagos. And I went to him, saw him just briefly, maybe 10 minutes. But when I was leaving, he says, let me pray for you. And he laid hands on me. You know, sometimes I remember the laying on of the hands. And I consciously tell myself, when those hands were laid on me, spiritual gifts were imparted into my spirit. I, I stayed up. The word stayed up means to kindle back to flame. To kindle back to flame. Let's go to 2 Timothy 1.6. To kindle back to flame. Most of you, I want to remind you of your campus days. That's what I want to remind you. Because most of us were on fire in campus. Until Babylon took a hold of us. What to eat, what to drink, what to wear. Some of us led intercessory groups. Now we're struggling to pray. Second Timothy chapter 1. Look at verse. Second Timothy now. Are we there? Verse 6. <clears throat> Therefore I remind you to step up the word. Step up means to do what? To kindle to flame. The NIV translation. Do we have the NIV? Either the NIV or the NLT uses the word fan to flames. NIV or NLT. He uses the word what? Fan to flames. Um, in this generation, we might not really understand what fanning to flames means. But if you, if you uh, had, um, right, like uh, fire. Okay, NIV. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God. Fan into flame. Now, um, in the village, right, when people needed to light fire, all right, you know there was no matches, there was no kerosene there was no you had to understand the technology of arranging the wood and lighting fire beautiful experience you can't you can't learn it through youtube you have to go on your knees and arrange the thing so when we needed to light fire we just go to anybody whose fire was was already kindled and what do we do we take a, a piece of coal right a piece of burning coal and you put it in between the woods and then <laughs> you get to work how do you get to work you fan to flame. Are you following what I'm saying? So the spiritual gift of God is like that coal. When hands are laid on you, it's like a coal is given to you. You are in a meeting like this, spiritual gifts have been deposited. A coal is placed on your inside. What do you do with that? That's not the full fire. What do you do with that? You go back home and start fanning it to flame. Fanning it to flame. I, I, do, you, do, you, do you understand what I'm saying? It is that point where the enemy now gives us a lot of things that we don't pay attention to that fire. And before, how many of you know if you leave that coal for a long while, what happens? It goes off. But that coal is still there. Put up for me quickly um, Leviticus chapter 6, verse 13. Leviticus 6, 13. Fan to flame. Leviticus 6, verse 13. Um, the priest, one of the responsibilities, it says, a fire shall always be burning on the altar. It shall never go out. This was a priestly responsibility. This was a priestly responsibility. It says, a fire shall always, always be burning on the altar. You know why? You know why God began to choose um, Samuel? If you realize, if you read that scripture very well, the Bible says the Lamb of God was beginning to go out. The priest was to keep it on. 
Some of you who grew up in the village, you see there are certain shrines that always had the light in them. You have to make sure the kerosene never run out. You must keep burning. <laughs> you're thinking from Leviticus 6.13. <laughs> keep the fire. Always keep your fire. Keep your fire. Always burn. You know, um, when we went on, on television, uh, I put up something on Facebook. And a guy I served with in 2012, no, 2008, wrote something. I screenshotted it and I liked it. He says, the fire we saw burning in you at the, at the NYC camp, and you became Bible study secretary, he says, many years after, we're still seeing that fire. That's how a believer should be. Not when people see you. They used to wonder, ah, is she the one? See, why are you asking? Ah, this woman used to pray. You now lead prayer. It's like somebody, I mean, there's nothing. It's just normal. Don't grow downwards in your spiritual life. Don't grow downwards. That's why believers should never say, I used to pray. I used to give. I used to, why can you be saying, and you are comfortable? Some of you were even campus leaders. But look at your life right now. There's no sign that you were ever involved in campus fellowship. Everything, all your discussion, investments, forests, bitcoins, cryptocurrency, we will hammer, jobs, <laughs> just money, 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 project, project, you are just busy. And there's a gift of God inside of you dying off. There's a gift of God inside of you dying off. And you're so busy. No time to pray. Even to study the Bible. How do you read the Bible? I just do audio Bible. I just, I just like audio Bible. You know, as I'm, as I'm driving to work, they'll just be reading Job to me. Your whole spiritual life is built on audio Bible. Soon you will buy prayer. You will not buy prayers. Prayer for protection and play it. Because you won't have time to pray anymore. Now you don't have time to read Bible now. There may not be no time to pray. Say, I listen to audio prayer. The way you are keeping quiet. Is it that there are some audio prayer already? Because I don't, you know, <laughs> you know, sometimes I talk, I look old. Like as if I'm not in this generation. The way you are keeping quiet in this church. Are there audio prayer books already? Because it's almost like we don't, no time. There's no time. Let's get everything. And I'll tell you this. Even though there are messages, even though there are podcasts, there's nothing that replaces being in a meeting physically. There's an anointing on every meeting that is physical. The Bible says while, the Lord, while Jesus Christ was teaching, the power of God was present to heal. That one sometimes cannot be transferred through audio meetings. I remember 2015, I heard that Kenneth Copeland was coming to South Africa. <laughs> I told myself, I'm going to be in that meeting. I am going there. I got a ticket. I got every, I've told you the story many times. I got a ticket. I got everything. Went to the meeting. Rema Bible Church. Uh, Pastor Rema College Church. I sat down waiting for the meeting. And one man came. He said, you look like a Nigerian. <laughs> say yes. Have they found us here again? And then he says, uh, what? You came for the meeting? He said, I said, yes. He said, oh, you could have bought the CDs. Huh. I knew I was sitting close to a fool in church. I could have bought the CDs. Do you know how many messages of Kenneth Copeland I heard? 
I started, the first copy of the Believer's Voice of Victory magazine I got was in 1999, March. From 1999, March, till today, I have not missed an edition. I've been a partner with Copeland for years. You, are, you think this is about audio tapes? I carried my Bible, and I, you know, the church is very big. It's about 10,000 people. I went to the other end so that there is no transmission of fully around me. I, I just carried my Bible and went very far because the reply in my heart was not worthy. So I just went very far because those are the kind of people you'll be in a meeting. They'll be discussing politics while they're teaching. I'm telling you, they'll just, because they'll feel that, you, do you understand what I'm saying? I traveled all the way. You say I could have bought CDs. You know, since 2015, I mean, it comes to Lagos, but since 2015, they've never had a victory campaign in Africa. You know, the last time Kenneth Copeland had a victory campaign in Africa? Like 15 years ago. Those are meetings that happen once in a lifetime. You go for those, you go for those, even though I had places to preach in South Africa, I knew people, I didn't tell anybody I was around. You, there are certain times you separate yourself onto spiritual meetings. Not every year you must take vacation. Some of your vacation must be world meetings. I have to go to this meeting and sit down and immerse yourself in the word. It fans into flame the gift of God on your inside. Praise the name of the Lord. I want you to pay attention to the gift of God. I know you can speak. I know you are a public speaker. You are a writer. You are an editor. You are a photographer. Listen, listen. Thank you for all of that. You've paid attention to that. What about the gift of God? Was there ever a time in your life where hands were laid on you? Was there ever a time in your life a prophetic word came upon you? Was there ever a time in your life when you were in a meeting and you felt the anointing of the Holy Ghost? Was there a time in your life you were in a meeting and there was so much spiritual impartation on your inside and you felt this is it? Why don't you stare that again to, 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 to flames? Why don't you allow that thing to blossom? Praise the name of the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Quickly, nine ways to stir up the gift of God. Thank you, Father. Every anointing that you have ever received, stay it, stay it up, stay it up, stay it up, stay it up. Go more for it. Praise God. Go more for it. I went to, uh, I went to a, a meeting and an evangelist was preaching. And there's something, there's a grace of God that just functions in that man. There's a grace of God that just functions in that man. When I went to that meeting, I just sat down listening to the word, listening to the word, listening to the word. And I felt a transmission of the spirit of grace on my inside. Not the grace the man had, but just the grace of God. For certain areas of life and ministry. And I realized as I began to develop that, what happened? It began to come into flame. Praise the name of the Lord. Have you ever had a natural gift? Let's say writing, speaking, or something, and someone came to you and said, I think you speak very well. And then they encouraged you, encouraged you, and became a public speaker or something you do. Have you ever experienced that naturally? Maybe you sing well, you sew well, or something. You understand that? You must also have spiritual friends who encourage you in your spiritual gifts. To pray, to study. I remember one of my friends, uh, Paul, 
Ignite Church Abuja, we're talking one day. I said, hey, guy, we, I think we need to study theology. I'm like, oh, fine, let's go for it. And then he spot me, and then we started studying theology. I've never been someone who does Bible school. We started to study. Well, what happened? He said me to, to find my gift. To, I mean, is it beneficial to me? Absolutely. The guy can still come and say, you know, man, you know what's going on now? It's cryptocurrency, man of God. It's crypto. I mean, there's nothing wrong with it. I'm just using it as an example. And before you know, I preach in the morning and enter system. You know the time that there was Forex? Ah, man. I had a dear minister friend of mine like that. He says, man of God, we need money for this work. We need money. He said, in those days, Jesus sent out people without pause. He said, now, you must have pause. I say, wow, 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 wow. Look at Revelation. Jesus sent people without pause. These are the days of pause. So, okay. So then Forex was just coming. He said, man of God, is this Forex? You know, one thing with me is that anything that would take so much attention, apart from ministry, I won't do it. I said, okay, no problem. So the first night, he said, he said, let me just stay with him one night. That once I understand the thing, he knows me, I will catch it up. So I went to his house that night. Connected internet, had two laptop, graphs, yellow, red. Bah, bah. I said, market is going up, market is coming down. Ah. Let's look at this thing. 12 o'clock, one, two. Ah. I study market. He said, bye, bye. Ah. Says, <laughs> four o'clock, we finally bought and sold. So, and I, so I now ask him, I say, Is this the pause that we're going to use to do God's work? That we have spent four hours in the night buying and selling. When, when are we going to pray? So I told him, I said, That's the reason you don't have money in ministry. Because if you actually teach and bless people, support the work. I'm not even talking about supporting you. They will support the work. I mean, there's nothing wrong, but I mean, it's going to take a lot of energy. And today, the guy is nowhere near ministry. When I mean nowhere, nowhere near ministry. Is that that coaching people, life coach? You see, that's where you see confused title. Life coach. Life coach, uh, uh, productivity, empowerment speaker, uh, uh, mind, mind, mind functioning, visionary. Maybe like, what's all this? For you who's got the gift of God on your inside, that was the first guy in my life that I saw prayed over someone using glasses and their eyes were corrected. I mean, I've never seen that. In school, in school, now I can't even talk ministry with him. There's nothing to talk about. Then the funny question, is he richer? Not necessarily. And you know what? Today he looks at me and sees the things that God has enabled us to do for God. And he always say, ah, my brother, it is well. And you know that it is well, it is well of regret. Like this is something we could have been doing together. Sometimes our greatest pain on the day of judgment will not be the things we achieved. It will be the things we could have done for God and we realize that time is over, we will not be able to do them again. How do we stir the gift of God? Number one, spend time with the word of God. Spend time with the word of God. Number two, spend time in believers meeting. Spend time. Just sit down. We say we have a healing class. Just sit down. 
in believers' meeting. Spend time in believers' meeting. Number three, spend time fasting and praying. Peter, spend time fasting and praying. Keyboard. Spend time fasting and praying. Separate yourself to fasting and praying. Spend time to study about the gifts. If you've got a gift of healing, read about it. Read about it. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Practice making use of the gifts. Number one, spend time in the word. Number two, spend time in believers' meeting. Number three, spend time fasting and praying. Number four, spend time meditating. Number five, study about the gifts. Number six, practice making use of gifts. Number seven, pray in the Spirit. Put up Jude 120 for me. Pray in the Spirit. Number eight, don't be carnally minded. Don't focus on what is on the earth alone. Colossians 3, 2 says, set your mind on things. Give me Colossians 3, 2 first. Set your mind on things above. Don't just be focused on your earthly achievements. Set your affection on things above. Not just on earthly things. Not just on earthly things. Set your mind on things above. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Jude wants to pray in the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit. One of the ways we can set the gift of God on our inside is to just pray in the Spirit. It's to pray in the Spirit. Building yourself in the most holy faith. Let's be on our faith. Just want us to spend some time praying in the Holy Ghost. Out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. Thank you for listening to Present Truth Broadcast with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.pastormax.ng. We would also like to hear from you. Send us an email, info at pastormax.ng or call 0805-888-7575. God bless you.